Welcome to Thoughts on Record, official podcast of the Ottawa Institute of Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Each episode, we explore topics of interest to clinicians and mental health consumers from a cognitive behavioral perspective. I'm your host, Dr. P. Kelly. Just a quick note for the listener that this podcast was recorded March 27th, 2020, just a little over two weeks after the World Health Organization declared the COVID-19 outbreak a pandemic. I want to welcome my longtime colleague, Dr. Natasha Ballin, to uh, Thoughts on Record. Natasha, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Uh, isolating, working from home, um, but man- yeah, managing, getting by. It's the new normal, I guess, that we're all trying to adjust it to, is. eh? Yeah, it's it's surreal. It really um, is. What an exceptional set of circumstances we're uh, navigating at the moment. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I'm really happy to have you on today, owing to the uh, couples and family natured focus of at least an aspect of your uh, your practice. I think it would be so helpful for you to shed some light on some questions that I have that are born from stories I've seen in the media and just anecdotally talking to friends and, and family, just hearing about mm-hmm. the struggles that the uh, social distancing has been causing. No, it's a, I know. Thanks for inviting me to to come on and talk about this. I'm I'm hearing it a lot from my clients and and from the couples, and I think it's it's really important that we address like how to help families and couples to survive Absolutely. during this time. Okay, well, I have a number of questions for you. I guess I'll just jump right in. Uh, Natasha, what would you anticipate are some of the more common challenges that uh, couples and families are going to be experiencing right now? I mean, I think that the biggest one and the the one that most kind of people are living right now is just is the sort of confinement in our homes with the social isolation, um, people working from home. um, We're living, uh, you know, trapped together. And that's not how we usually live. You know, we have separate lives, you know, we leave, we go to work, we come back, um, you know, we can, we can come and go, but, but we can't leave. And so that, that being in close quarters, being isolated, it's, it's going to cause a lot of stress. And with the already the fear and uncertainty of the pandemic, um, it's going to heighten everyone's emotions. And so it's really kind of bringing, it, it can bring to the surface pre-existing struggles. Um, I think also with kids, and children being home, daycares closed, schools closed. A big struggle is kind of renegotiating roles um, and expectations between the between relationships, like how to manage working while taking care of the kids, homeschooling. Um, that's a, that's causing a lot of stress for families. Um, as well as the financial stress, potential, you know, job loss, being laid off. So it's a time where um, I think it's really going to take a toll on couples and families. So I think it's really important to kind of give them some tools of how to get through this. Just building on that, what specific strategies uh, can you share for couples that are experiencing heightened conflict uh, at this moment? I'm imagining that there's probably couples that have generally got along no problem, but under these extreme circumstances, there's uh, cracks starting to show. And will be showing in the coming weeks and months. So what specific strategies can you uh, lay out there for folks to, to navigate uh, conflict under these kind of circumstances? Yeah, so, so there's a number and I'll kind of go, I'll go through each one. Um, the first one I'd say is really important to carve out alone time. Um, you know, we need a balance between time spent together and time spent alone. Um, so it's really important to give yourselves the permission to remove yourselves from each other for one to two hours a day. Go outside, go to another room, um, go to the bathroom, <laughs> listen to music. I mean, 
we have to be creative. We're not going to have a lot of space. If you, if the, you know, if you're a couple and you live in a really small space, and maybe you need to create artificial boundaries, like putting the curtain up or putting headphones on. Um, but it's really important to kind of respect that alone time, not to take it personally. I mean, right now, even in like you may have you know, a great relationship, um, and you may sort of be this honeymoon period. But the longer this pandemic goes on, the more the cracks are going to start to take hold, even in, uh, you know, a secure relationship. I'd say also, you know, keep some routine, you know, keep some structure in your day to day. Um, obviously, our life is now is not going to mimic what it, what it normally is. But if you can create some normal patterns, you know, maybe like you're used to getting up in the morning and having coffee or going for a run, you know, try to keep up some similar routines as much as possible. Um, time for meal planning, housework, uh, devoting specific hours to work, almost like kind of like these blocks of time that can make the day somewhat predictable, um, things that you can have a little bit of control over. Uh, another thing for couples is to focus on, like really try to focus on the short term, um, but also, you know, develop plans together, you know, try to take things one day at a time, um, you know, put your heads together and brainstorm ways to take care of the essentials, like, you know, how are we going to homeschool? How are we going to work from home? How are we going to manage medical needs? Or I think like sitting down, um, maybe at the end of every week or a Sunday, plan out your week, what that's going to look like. Um, and uh, yeah, and trying as it, it's hard, but trying not to think too far into the future. Right. A big thing is about like, no one's perfect. And a time like this, it's, um, you know, even if we have like good, you know, psychological health and we have, you know, good capacity to manage our emotions, you know, we're, even as an individual, we're going to start to crack. So we have to give each other a lot of leeway. Um, you know, under prolonged stress, uh, we can expect people's moods to swing a little bit more. Um, and the thing with couples is that we tend to jump to conclusions. We tend to personalize each other's moods, um, assuming like I've done something to upset my partner, vice versa. So don't internalize, you know, don't read too much into your partner's mood. Um, you know, show concern, give extra attention, but don't react with anger or defensiveness. Um, you know, believe your partner if they say it has nothing to do with you. Um, and allow for imperfections. Um, allow, like, I think to really kind of like not nag, um, not like using the word nagging, but um, yeah, just give each other a little bit more freedom to not be perfect. Um, a big thing, especially in couples, is to practice being kind in the face of fear. So hold yourself in check. Like if you're feeling irritable, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling craggy, like take a step back, breathe. Um, if you feel the urge to yell or snap, um, pause, take a time out. Um, be kind. You know, um, the Gottmans, Julian John Gottman, who are you know, leading leaders in kind of couples therapy talk about showing what we call fondness and admiration. Um, and what that means is um, 
say say kind things to your partner. Say please and thank you. Give compliments. Make sure you notice things that your partner is doing. Like tell share things that you enjoy and about your partner. Like I appreciate that. I really like that about you. You know, hey, thanks for you know taking care of dinner tonight. Um, it seems like even going to the grocery store is an act of heroism at, at the moment. Exactly. Right. You're so brave. You're so brave to go to the grocery store. Absolutely. Right. Um, and because the foundation for a long lasting, really the best predictor of, um, of a sort of a long lasting relationship is a sort of a gentle and intimate friendship. Um, because they emphasize that these gestures kind of fill up what we call our emotional bank account. And so if that bank account is filled up, it makes it easier to deal with day-to-day stressors. Um, and when we feel seen and appreciated, we feel less stressed in our relationships. Um, Sue Johnson talks similarly about creating attachment moments. Um, you know, make sure you go out of your way to touch, to hug. Um, again, you know, show, you know, give compliments, share your gratitude, um, tell jokes, laugh, intimacy, um, don't, and, but making sure not to let your emotions dictate how you treat the other person. Like we're all under stress, but it's, it's not an excuse to act badly. Um, the other thing is look for signs when your partner's seeking connection. Um, act interested, listen when your partner wants to talk to you. No, don't, don't ignore. I mean, we're, we're, we're probably like, living in close quarters you're you're the only two that you're like you're only really socializing between the two of you um so you know making the effort to take the time to pay attention but it's also remember to think that it's not your job to, to constantly meet all of your partner's needs um you can't be the only source of company for your partner so if you're feeling overwhelmed or if you're feeling that you can't um, you know, you're tapped out. Encourage your partner to seek out support from other people via Zooming, FaceTime. Um, we have to still respect our own limits. Um, one of the other main things is to talk things out before conflict arises. So a big thing now, and I kind of mentioned before about giving leeway is pick your battles, like really choose your battles. Try to understand that often when we're angry, there's other emotions and needs going on. So try not to be reactive. Like couples get into dances, we get into cycles, you know, someone snaps, the other person snaps back, but slow down, try to figure out what really what's going on. Are there other feelings underneath that anger? Are they feeling scared? Are they worried? You know, often when we're stressed, we, we lash out, we're angry. Um, try to figure out what's the real issue. Like, are you really mad that your spouse didn't take out the garbage or do the dishes? Or is it that you're feeling ignored and not appreciated? So really practice that active listening and take the time to re- to repair. So Natasha, building on what some of the things that you had just mentioned, which I think is really, really helpful. What are some of the key drivers of conflict under these kind of conditions and what can we do about it? Well, you know, as I mentioned, um, kind of the, the conflicts around, um, you know, 
being confined together to 24 seven um, is stressful. I think it's a time where any kind of pre-existing resentments or pure like sort of poor communication is going to be heightened during this time. Um, so making sure to set time aside to talk openly. I think one of the other things is that we all have different ways of coping with stress. Um, and so I think respecting and communicating what each of you need to manage your stress. Um, a time like this with everyone's fears of getting sick, um, we may get upset at each other at how each person is practicing safety. Um, so we can kind of get on each other's nerves or get mad. Like you didn't wash your hands enough or you forgot to sanitize something. So I think talking about what that's really about, like I'm really scared and, you know, anything to asking for what you need. Um, annoying habit or idiosyncrasies are sort of normal habits that we tolerate and our partners can really, um, you know, kind of get under our skin a lot more when we can't get away. Um, so I think being mindful of, again, like, when you're starting to sort of feel stressed or triggered, you know, take that take that time out, um, kind of coming back to like, don't make assumptions, don't jump to conclusions. Um, try not to get in that blame, criticize, defense trap. Um, take ownership of your role in the conflict. You know, again, coming back to because we're stressed and overwhelmed, it doesn't give us the right to act badly or treat our partner poorly. Um, if you're if you're finding that you're overwhelmed or you're getting flooded, tell your partner. You know, have a safe word to say. Like, I'm feeling flooded. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Take a timeout. Self soothe. Regulate. Make sure you come back and try to talk through the the, the conflict. Try to repair. Try to slow down and express what's really going on. Um, making sure that when you do take that timeout, don't add into onto the laundry list of all of the grievances that your partner has done. Don't stew about it. Um, and don't hang on to that resentment um, because it's just, it's just going to make things a lot more stressful. Um, so those are some, I think some sort of strategies that we can really try to be conscientious of. Again, just extending a little bit further, how should families be aiming to structure their time right now? Uh, given that they're spending so much time together. Do you have a, a sense of what would be helpful or? What I'd say is, you know, every family functions differently. And if you are a family that, um, you know, enjoys having some structure and routine to try to implement that as best as possible, um, you know, continue with habits that were part of your normal life. Um, you know, set out timelines, you know, for family time, uh, time for self, time together as a couple, meal times. again, coming back to try to mimic normal life as much as you can. You know, I think it's also, it's respecting that we're different people and we have different needs and that to kind of allow each other to do things, to do things differently. And I think listening to a lot of educators, um, it's especially with our children, like giving kids some leeway as well. Like we're not teachers. Our house is not a school. We're not daycares. It's not going to look like that. Um, so I think to keep our fears in check that for this period of time, um, 
you may need to just bend the rules a little bit. Maybe kids have more screen time. You know, they're not going to be sitting down at the kitchen table six hours a day doing homework. And that's, and that's okay. Um, children are stressed. Parents are stressed. We can't, we can't teach. We can't kind of fill that role in the way that teachers can. So take a step back, gain perspective, have fun, play, um, you know, do things that you, you know, you don't often have time for, um, you know, sports activities are canceled. So watch movies together, play games together, um, things that are just, we end up not being able to do in the busyness of life, take advantage of this time. Absolutely. Our colleague, Dr. Jennifer Carp, I had her on the podcast uh, just a little bit before yourself and exactly the same advice, right? Two hours a day, max. Don't worry about tr trying to keep up with the curriculum. It's really just about adding a bit of constructive structure to the day. It's not, you're not going to be able to replace school at this particular no. point in time. And people need to loosen or, or frankly, abandon expectations around that. We're in an exceptional set of circumstances. I think frankly, just making it through the day relatively conflict free is a pretty yeah. good metric of of how someone's doing at the, this particular moment it's true it's true yeah right? if there's yeah. if there's some learning that happens to go on above and beyond that all the better but i think we need to lower our uh, expectations at the moment in comparison to how we might regard family mm -hmm. life on a in, in more normal times let's say yeah absolutely concur you know really keep your expectations in check of your kids of yourselves of your partner um, you know, just let things flow a little bit more, be flexible with your routine, um, and, you know, have, try, have fun, yep. play. I mean, kids need play, but adults need play and, and play, play, you know, have fun in your relationship. Um, and, you know, you know, in, intimacy is a great way to relieve stress. So, I don't think you yeah. get too many complaints about that advice, Natasha. No, <laughs> not at all. Exactly. Um, I, I want to talk to you about a very special sort of situation, you know, at-risk relationships, right? Where there's potentially ongoing abuse or potential for abuse. What would be some general uh, advice or uh, counsel that you'd have for someone who finds themselves in an abusive relationship or in a, in a relationship that feels like it's on the brink of becoming abusive under these kinds of conditions? Yeah, I think that's a really special circumstance. I think we really need to be um, really mindful of um, at times like this under stress, when you have families that are experiencing a lot of psychosocial stressors, um, it is really, um, it's going to, it's going to heighten the risk, you know, women who, and families who are already in vulnerable situations, um, are going to be more vulnerable. There are already reports of like, um, increased, um, calls to domestic violence, uh, centers, like there are increased reports of domestic violence incidences, you know, you've got, confined quarters, you've got financial stress, children at home, isolation, you've got increased use of alcohol and drugs to manage stress. So you've got this perfect storm of um, really heightened risk factors. Typically what the advice is like, you know, for a minute is like making sure that you have a list of emergency contacts. Um, even though there's the, you know, the medical advice to socially isolate, to distance, um, having a few people in your life, whether it's a neighbor, 
a friend, a family member that you may need to escape to. And I think that your safety at this time is much more important than sort of the risk of getting sick. So if you're not safe, if your kids are not safe, leave. Um, Shelters across Canada are still open. Um, Interval House in Ottawa is still open. Um, They are taking extra measures to to decontaminate. They're no longer having communal meals or communal activities. And um, women and children who are there kind of have to be a bit more isolated in private rooms. But the doors are still open. Um, Having a a bag ready to go. But, you know, even if you don't have anything, those sort of... toiletries, toy, you'll have access to that. Um, I think it's like, you've got to leave, even if there's the fear of, well, what if I get sick? That your your life is far more important at this stage. Um, So it may be hard to, uh, with privacy, being able to make a phone call. So if there's a way to say, text a family member, if you feel at risk and they can call the police. Um, if you just need to kind of get out and go to the grocery store, but just to leave. Um, so there are a number, I know, um, one of our colleagues, Dr. Denderan sent out, um, some information recent just today about what the police services are doing and in an emergency 911, they'll still come to your house. Um, so all of the services available to partners in a situation of domestic violence are violence are still available like the doors are not closed those services are still available so nothing has really changed in that regard you know interval house has a website intervalhouseottawa.org there's mobile distress like there's the sorry, the Ottawa Distress Centre, there's uh, police services, 911. So even um, if you can kind of steal away a bit of time just to kind of look online and see what services you can just have readily available, um, even if you can have a family member do that for you. Um, it's definitely, I think, we're going to see increased uh, increased calls, increased need, the inc- the need is going to become is is real is much heightened now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are such challenging situations under the best of conditions, yeah. and, and it seems like even just everyday life, everything is an extra 20 percent harder than it needs to be. For um, sure. You know, I'm just imagining trying to navigate one of these situations uh, where it's tough as is, and then this extra layer of pandemic on top of it. And Natasha, you mentioned a few online resources already. Uh, is there is there any additional ones that you'd like to recommend or had you covered that in the list that you had provided just now? Definitely for um, uh, in domestic violence, uh, Interval House, um, Ottawa Police Services, um, there's um, Octava, uh, which is a women's organization that supports women who are in domestic violence situations. Um, they're an Ottawa-based um resource um so it's o-c-t-e-v-a octava um and uh, they've got great resources available for women and families and children um in general though for couples um you know there's always just two two kind of main like two really 
popular books um, that are really helpful. One is Sue Johnson's Hold Me Tight. That's a classic. And um, I think a, a book that's really helpful for couples, especially at times of stress, like again, having kind of, you know, it's, tightening that bond and that attachment. And even um, Julie and John Gottman's book, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work, they're both available through Indigo. You can order them, have them delivered. They're audiobooks as well for both of them. So um, download them from uh, the, uh, download them from the uh, Apple Store. Um, there's a few other websites. There's a website called achangeinthinking.com. Um, they've got a lot of worksheets uh, for couples to practice. So we don't have, you know, given that we've got lots of time together, might as well you know, do homework exercises. Right. Um, there's a, an emotion-focused couple therapy workbook that you can also order. And it actually has like a lot of exercises that you can work on together. Um, uh, the Gottmans have a great blog. Um, their blog has a lot of information. They have a lot of a couple exercises that you can work on. Um, there is a Colorado counseling center has a great list of resources, books, worksheets um, that are great for couples to access. So those are some some good ones to uh, to uh, to try to uh, to look at. Uh, Natasha, in addition to doing excellent couple and family work, mm -hmm. uh, you see quite a bit of people individually. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a, maybe a top tip or reflection uh, on this particular moment that you think might be of assistance to people? So, if imagine there's thousands of people listening yeah. right now, and you have, <laughs> you have the uh, yeah. and, you, and you have the opportunity to impart to them some sort of a perspective or a strategy for for managing the situation. Uh, what would you put out there for folks to consider? I'm getting a lot of clients, you know, with the same sort of fears, like just, you know, managing the, the fear, the uncertainty. And what I try to tell them is like, take it one step at a time, you know, one day at a time. Um, really like limit your exposure to the news. Um, Maybe you check first thing in the morning. Don't don't check anything in the evening. Use that time for rest, relaxation, a walk, family time. You could do a lot more mindfulness. There's some great podcasts and apps. Um, it gets also letting go, realizing that's a time of crisis and our normal routine structure. Um, you know, have to be the, the flexibility. You know. Um, one of the things that I'm noticing is, you know, people, uh, you know, still having maybe the same expectations and it's and sort of this rigidity, be flexible, let things go, pick your battles. Um, you know, nothing we do in changing our routine is going to have like long lasting implications, you know, for our children's education, more screen time isn't going to impact their social development. I think we're just trying to get by, we're just trying to survive. So do what works and don't be judgmental. Um, you know, don't let guilt get in the way and just, you know, really just do what's effective and be kind with yourself. Um, that's I think that's really key. You are clearly in wise mind right now, Natasha. <laughs> I'm very much in wise mind. So, yeah. <laughs> We're all going to need a lot of wise mind moving forward to, I, I suspect to deal with uh, the coming days, days, weeks and months. Don't know what's coming, but that alone presents a challenge, right? The uncertainty. It 
uncertainty as yeah. it stands today is uh, is quite daunting. But I love your perspective. One day at a time, and mm-hmm. I tell clients: if you can't do one day, do one hour. If you can't do one hour, you do five minutes. If you can't do five minutes, you just do the next minute. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. You, you just keep breaking it down into the smallest bit of time that you can manage, and we can almost ma- always manage something. Yeah, I think I'm saying you know you, you may not you can't control the future. Um, you know, we, there, we don't have that control, you know, the typical things that we may re- coping mechanisms or problem solving strategies may not be available. But in that moment, what do you need now? When you're feeling overwhelmed, maybe the only thing that you can do is just stop and take a breath. So it's every moment is what do I need at this moment? Um, so that's, you know, those are the things that are going to kind of help us get through like get through our days. So. Well, Natasha, thank you so much for your time. I know any time oh, spent with me here today is time away from your own clients and away from your family. I appreciate the time. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, and it was, uh, it, it kind of gave me, I think for myself too, personally, and my family, my relationship, it kind of reminded me of what I need to do, how I need to keep myself in check, you know, not just as a psychologist, but practice what I preach. So Absolutely. I was saying to uh, Connie during our podcast together that I believe it was Connie, done so many of them today, I can't keep track. But the idea that I'm, you know, I have my identity as a human being, I have my identity identity as a clinician, and I'm flipping back and forth between them and and allowing both perspectives to inform the other. And uh, just just knowing that we're both people and clinicians, uh, that's that's the way it is. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time, (laughs) Natasha. I really appreciate it. Have an awesome weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Pete. Thank you. Okay, take care. Bye. Bye. Well, I really hope that you enjoyed the podcast as much as I did. If you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And now for the mandatory disclaimer. This podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Kelly and that of his guests. Content of the podcast should not be taken as psychological advice and is for general information only. Please consult your mental health professional for any specific questions around your psychological health. In no way does listening to our content establish a psychologist-client relationship. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect patient confidentiality. Finally, this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing a standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast.